The best fried chicken in Texas. Rody's Country Fried Chicken. Texas born, Texas raised. A chicken joint with 35 years of service to our community. Thanks to our loyal customers and social media followers. Come try the best gizzards in Texas, the best tenders in Texas, and the best chicken in Texas. Call us at 830-773-9189. 830-773-9189. Don't forget, we have curbside service and delivery by DoorDash. Or find us on Facebook, Rodie's Chicken. R-O-D-E-E-S Chicken. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. The best fried chicken in Texas. Rodie's Country, Country Fried Chicken. chicken. Brandon Cook is our guest, of course, a great talent, a great, great talent who's playing with Black and Blue. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Black and Blue, uh, the former band for Tommy Thayer, guitar great. Of course, everybody knows this. He plays with Kiss. Tommy Thayer uh, is an original member of Black and Blue in the 80s, and uh, he went off and joined Kiss, right? So uh, we got Brandon Cook in there now. He's the guitar player or at least one of the guitar players for black and blue uh, nowadays and he's been there for a while so uh, a couple of years and or so let's spin a song from brandon cook's band he has another band by the name of the loyal order and uh, he has his band with uh, one of the rough cut members uh, jeff i'm not sure i can pronounce his last name correctly buner or boner i'm not sure how his last name is but we'll refer to him as jeff uh, jeff uh, plays with rough cut and so he also has a band with uh, Mr. Brandon Cook, uh, The Loyal Order. So let's go with The Loyal Order, Fuck or Fight. Uh, let's check it out. We'll be right back. I'm not dead 
rock and roll, man. Straight rock metal for you guys. Some badass The Loyal Order. Support them. Uh, stream their music. Download their music. Purchase their merchandise. Uh, visit them. You can find them on their socials. Uh, the Loyal Order. Mr. Brandon Cook, of course, and Jeff of Rough Cut. So let's go ahead and uh, let's check out the interview with uh, Mr. Brandon Cook. And right here on J-Rock's Metal Zone, that metal interview podcast. Enjoy, guys. Brandon Cook. How's everything uh, in your part of the country? Oh, things are going pretty good, you know. Uh, uh, lots of, you know, the, the things are easing up with the pandemic and people are starting to go outside without masks masks on. And uh, I heard yesterday from a friend that he went into a couple of stores that, that didn't have mask requirements anymore. And, you know, we have, we're close to 70 or 75 percent of our uh, population being vaccinated and all that stuff. And, you know, things are getting kind of back to normal. Concerts are starting to come back here. I, I have Guns N' Roses tickets for August. So oh, wow. I'm super excited. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, same thing here. I'm in Texas. Just about the same thing, you know. Uh, things are easing up, you know, as you said. And, yeah, we're looking forward yeah. to um, seeing maybe you guys on the road, you know, Black and Blue. Or, well, let's talk about, uh, uh, of course, we know you're in Black and Blue. Uh, we'll, yeah, get, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, let's go to the beginning at what age did you uh, pick up a guitar? Well, I picked up my very first instrument when I was eight years old. Um, I was watching my cousin play bass. Uh, his name's Kurt Remington. Um, he he currently plays bass in the band called Bitch. <laughs> uh, cool. The, from from the eighties and uh, okay. And back then, you know, he was just a you know seventeen, eighteen year old punk kid, and I was I was eight years old. And I watching him play, and so I started playing the bass very early. It was my first instrument. Oh, so the bass was and your then, first instrument, okay? Yeah, I played for about a year, and then you know uh, we moved from Maryland to California, and they sold my bass oh. uh, to make sure we had the money to get out of there. And so, uh, oh wow! When I got to California, we uh, we really had this very I, I had a really strong drive to play music. I didn't even know it. I was just like dancing around, air guitaring, singing everywhere. And my parents were like, "Okay, we gotta get this kid a guitar. It's, it's, <laughs> it's too odd." You know, the, I don't know if you remember like like Adrian Vandenberg like doing the windmill in the Still of the Night video. Of course, yeah. Uh, like, that was like that was <laughs> like one of my images of first images of music and like the Crazy Nights video by Kiss. It was just like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. They're, they're, gonna be crazy i've got to do this <laughs> <laughs> every every kid's dream of course yeah I understand. yeah <laughs> so I, I really started playing guitar forthright like when i was 13 and it was it was right after i'd heard megadeth's wake up dead It was just like I've got to, I've got to play. There you go. With, I got to play with these guys, or I've got to be like in a band that's as good as them. So that that was like kind of my early on feeling about playing music. I guess those are the answers for my second question. Uh, growing up, uh, who did you look up to as an influence? You know. Um, well, a lot of well, there's a lot of guys that I really looked up to as guitar players. Um, you know, like Dave Mustaine and Marty Friedman were probably my primary two guys that that made me get out of bed in the morning to play guitar awesome but there was so like 
you know, James and Kirk were a big influence, Alex Skolnick and Eric Peterson. It was always the teams, you know, like sort of the rhythm writer and the lead guitar, lead, you know, yeah. guy. And like, I really just had, I loved guitar teams that worked well together. Eric Peterson and Alex Skolnick were such a great team. They're in Testament. Um, Gary Holt and Rick Hunnell and Exodus were a big influence. Oh, yeah. Got Ian and, and um, uh, Dance Bits when I was growing up, like, you know, before they went their separate ways, I really loved that band. And, you know, obviously, you know, Pete, you know, Ace and Paul and Kiss, I love that band so much. Of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, those bands really influenced me a lot. Um, and then as I grew older, I got into kind of like, it was right at the, when I was getting into high school, that was right when death metal started hitting. And, you know, I got into Sepultura and yeah. Death, and Morbid Angel atheist awesome. there's a band called cynic that that oh my gosh paul masvidal's band, a cynic yeah paul masvidal yeah, yeah. and uh, you know like sean sean malone and sean reiner you know like yeah. oh man those guys just blew me away legends um, when Le they, what's that legends for sure huh oh 100 yeah legends like man i just uh it's so sad that that sean the sean malone and sean reiner are passed away now yeah um i just really that they like everybody else was like, you know, oh my gosh, Prince and David Bowie, and I'm like, no, these guys, you know, these are the guys. <laughs> right? They hit me real hard. You know, Prince, Prince hit me pretty hard when yeah. he passed away because uh, he was a big influence on me growing up. You know, and we were Prince was on TV every day, and Michael Jackson and stuff like that. So I, there was no escaping like all the funk and uh, awesome pop music that was out in the '80s too. Um, but um, you know, those guys in the those death metal guys were really like huge influence on me. Awesome, awesome choices. Yeah, I read you uh, took classes from uh, Marty Friedman and Al Petrelli. Yeah, um, well, like, well, I with the Marty Friedman thing, um, I actually got that opportunity because of Al. Like, he had just joined Megadeth. And they put out World Needs a Hero, and they were touring on that. And I was on the street team. And you know, Dave Mustaine made promises to people in the band, like, hey. You know, if you come out, you know, and, and flyer these parking lots, we'll give you opportunities to, like, get lessons with the guys. And I showed up, you know, with my flyers in hand, and I was like, hey, man, I did my thing. And they're like, okay, talk to Al. So, like, the next day, 9-11 happened. Oh, oh. <laughs> the next day, it was like, oh, my gosh. Unbelievable, you know. Damn. And Al, Al and I had traded information, so I messaged him. And I was like, oh, of course, no, no worries about the lesson. You know, hopefully we'll get together in the future. Because he, he lived in New York City, and his wife was, like, just blocks away from the World Trade Center when it when it went down. Oh, wow. So, um, like, after the after things kind of calmed down and flights resumed and everything, I got in touch with him the following spring, and he let me take a guitar lesson with him. He's like, look, I won't, I won't let you come out here unless, unless you have some sort of vacation planned. You know, like, coming out here for a lesson with me is no big deal. But just plan something that's more than that and i went okay cool so i did what he asked me to do and went out to new york and took a two-hour lesson with him and um he was very friendly um he let me sit in uh he actually got me a you know sort of a hall pass to go in and see sabotage rehearsing for their uh poets and madmen tour oh with, wow <laughs> it was so like he he was going off he had he had kind of uh passed on the sabotage tour because you know, he couldn't afford to do that. So they hired uh, Jeff Waters to play guitar. And I got to watch 
Jeff and the band play wow. uh, this this song called Chance. Yeah, favorite yeah. all-time chance yeah yeah sabotage yeah yeah awesome song oh, it blew me away like watching those guys it was like oh this is how good you have to be to be in a band wow this is amazing you know just they were like oh man i screwed that up and you couldn't hear a mistake at all you know <laughs> and uh chris caffrey was there and jeff plate and john oliva and i think uh, damon janai was the vocalist for that tour so yeah it was a so pretty wild experience so you got to see uh, Jeff Waters jam? Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that guy is unbelievable. He, he, like, and you know, he's like filling in. Like that song, Chance, was Alex Skolnick. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, let's see what this Jeff Waters guy can do, and he blew me away. He was singing parts that, like, singing like a, like I didn't realize that he could sing like he could, and not only that, he just played his butt off with, uh, with uh, those Alex Skolnick solos. It really blew me away. Wow. And, what an, what an experience, man. What an honor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really blew, blew me out of the water for what, you know, what was expected of me as a, you know, like getting to sit, you know, next to Al Petrelli and, you know, have, have him tell me that I was, you know, he's a hero of mine. So, you know, the to have him tell me that I had good hands and I could do, you know, what I, what I needed to do to get into that world, it was really encouraging to, to believe that I could, you know, really kind of make something of myself. And I had actually like before that I didn't I didn't uh, when Megadeth broke up they had a, uh, a couple of the guys that left the band they had tried to put together an ex Megadeth project uh -huh. and I was learning to sing at the time so I put a demo in with my with my with my solo project and I didn't know it until I talked to Al that day he's like oh yeah you were in consideration for being one of our singers and I was like what <laughs> you know like. How, 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 I'm not even that good, you know, and he's just like, well, you were on the table, I mean, like, I remember your picture, and we were looking at you, but we didn't, we didn't, uh, first of all, the band didn't disbanded, and then they, they were looking for somebody more like Chris Cornell, who was more of a high-pitched singer, and I'm, okay. I'm kind of more like a John Lennon kind of singer, I sing low-pitched, and okay. like, not, not like Paul McCartney and, and those guys, I can't sing like Jamie St. James or something, those guys have, like, amazing ranges, and yeah. my, my range is more like a, a lower pitch guy so okay i got you like cool. Jimi hendrix kind of range like yeah bluesy or lower pitched so nice nice cool so for people that don't know you're also a teacher yourself now nowadays you do uh, online classes is that correct yeah that's correct i, I teach guitar lessons uh, uh at guitar and bass actually wow. and um uh i have been teaching since i was 15 so i'm 40 i'll be 46 in august so I'll be up to uh, 31 years this oh. this coming August. Wow. Actually, yeah, 31 years. Wow. I can't believe it. <laughs> that's, that's cool. You got a lot of experience right there. Yeah, I really love teaching. Uh, like, as I went through um, music school, my professors asked me to sub for them sometimes on, on jazz improv classes because it was like I understood the theory and, and they could tell I knew how to teach, even though I wasn't at their level. It was like, they were like, oh, he knows how to run a class so here go ahead run my class for me wow. and that that was a 
pretty encouraging for me too. Um, I've taught at like local community colleges here, and um, you know, I taught for about 12 years at a, a music store in Oregon City, Oregon, called Adrian Guitars, and um, that's where I got my real professional start. I was just teaching at home, taking on students that my guitar teacher couldn't couldn't handle schedule wise, uh, and then. When I got when I moved to Oregon from California, um, that was when it kind of hit the the rubber met the road. I was like looking for a job and and was trying to sell guitars because I knew you got commission doing that. And I was like, oh, they make lots of money. And he was like, the guy that I met, he 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 asked me to teach him a song I was doing, I was playing. He's like, I want to see how you play. And he goes, show me how to play that, you know. And so I kind of showed him what I was doing, and he's like, I think you should be a teacher. <laughs> and I was like, "What? Why would I want to be a teacher?" You know. And he's like, "No, you you do you you teach really well. Like you explain that riff that you wrote, and you explain it in a very simple way that I can understand. And I thought that's what we need. We don't need any salesman. We need a teacher. And by the way, it's fourteen dollars an hour. And I was like, nice. "Oh, well, you know, when I was making working at Chick Fil A, you know, it was like <laughs> four fifty. So it was a huge." <laughs> Huge leap for me. <laughs> yeah, huge leap. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Yeah, you need a lot of uh, people don't know you need a lot of uh, patience and you got to explain. Uh, I did some guitar classes myself and I understand where you're coming from. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's something I was kind of born with. I, I really definitely have like a empathy for people and like understanding that you know what they're what they're going through when they're learning how to play. I can kind of get into that, you know, and go, oh, well, I see what you're having trouble with here. And then sort of connect with them about like what they need to do to get to the place they're trying to go, and you know sometimes they just want to be, um, sometimes they just want to be like more of a, a hobbyist or like a you know do it to relieve stress. Yeah. And so I, I I teach those people differently than the people that are looking to be like professional guitarists. There you go. So nice. Or like have a you know have a really good band you know so. The, it's a. Uh, I've had, over the years over. Geez, so I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Over 30 years, I've I really learned how to like get my point across to people in a patient way. That uh, I didn't. It wasn't always this patient, but like I uh, I had the this the tools to learn how to be that way. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, well, you're still young. I mean, uh, 80, 90. That's a little bit older. <laughs> you're still young. <laughs> so so yeah. for people interested in uh, taking online classes with you uh, can you give us uh, uh, a link yeah uh, my my website is brandoncookmusic.com and you can also reach me on instagram brandoncook underscore tlo um, for the loyal order and you can reach me through the loyal order website or the the loyal order page on instagram and like uh, i'm on facebook uh, uh, i have a, a like a fan page that I use for teaching and, and like my solo career too. So if they want to reach out through Facebook, that's fine too. Awesome. So I see you have a, a band also. Uh, you just mentioned Loyal Order. Uh, the band includes Jeff of Rough Cut. Can you talk to us about this band? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's my primary gig. You know, like we, we work, this band is like, uh, kind of in production mode for our second record right now. We're, we're starting to work on, we just finished, uh, we're actually a final mix today of our first single from the next album. And we have about um, 
like dem we're dem we're demoing about five tunes coming up over the next couple months. We just finished kind of uh, storyboarding a couple of songs, so we're gonna go in with the producer and kind of get an acoustic demo for you know for the next three or four tunes. So we'll have about five by the end of the summer. Looking for like a summer release next year, and and uh, maybe sooner, you know, because we we're really like super hot right now on the on the uh, on the band. So that's what's going on right now. We're rehearsing for we started rehearsing for gigs because um, we got a couple of really nice gigs coming up um, locally. Uh, we haven't we haven't started booking uh, nationally yet, but that's that's next. And uh, last last year while we were in pandemic mode, um, you know. Jeff is such a strong leader. He's a leadership force in this group, and he uh, he encouraged us all to like start, you know, make videos and do as much as we could, you know, to promote the band while we were while we were in lockdown. And I I, I was I kind of encouraged it like right right along, you know. It was like we we had been at a precipice where it's like, do we release the record or do we wait till after? And I said, no way. Stick with the, of the timeline, and we we go because we were planning a, a, a radio promo uh, thing, and I was just like, we got to do this, we got to keep moving forward. If we if we stop now, we're going to be a year delayed. We have to we have to do. And Jeff was in agreement with me on it right away. So we put three songs on the radio during the pandemic: um, Ready for Dead, uh, Hellfire, and Can We Curse on This? Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> the song's called Fucker Fight. <laughs> cool. Fucker so, Fight, yeah. We had three songs on 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 uh, the secondary radio charts, and we did 20. Uh, we, our highest charting song was Hellfire, and that was number 20. And then Ready for Dead and uh, Fucker Fight both did 22 on Billboard. And we got really high on the Foundations charts. We got up into, like, the teens. Um the low teens and that was really exciting for us because we could see bands that were our heroes uh like Foo Fighters and Metallica were like at you know in the same chart as we were and we're like oh my god we're on the same charts as Metallica and the Foo Fighters and like you know oh my gosh just it was really wow. blow, blew us away very cool that we were that we were working I mean you know we're not working at the level that those guys are they have like they probably have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on promo you know album promo yeah and you know we're we're not there, but you know we work, we work, we worked as hard as we could, and hired a um, an, a, a song promoter to to get us into the radio stations, and he did such an amazing job. Um, uh, Eric, Eric Baker, what an amazing guy, and uh, and uh, we work with Tom Hazler. He's been our our A and R guy. He really uh, he just knew the people to get us to to help um, get our you know he's like a clutch. He like got our machine in gear, you know, and like he really made got the transmission of our of our band going from from studio and like product to the market. And we we're just so thankful to, to those guys that, that helped us. Jody Best was our promo. She got us all the interviews and um, Eric Baker was our radio rep and Tom Hazer. He got us. He got us to the people that needed to get that done. He kind of quarterbacked the whole thing for us. Nice. So, there you go. Nice team. You got a good team behind you. Cool. We do have a, a besides the podcast, we have a, a radio, online radio station, uh, J Rock's Metal Zone, and we we're spinning a couple of your songs, man. We're spinning a Ready for Dead and I believe uh, Fall to Rise, uh, Hellfire. A couple of those, they're on there. 
Yeah. All right. You got some Thank cool. You so much for doing that. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's some good rock, man. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm so glad you like it. The you know we we worked on this record, Jeff and I. We've known each other since 2008, and we were um, we were in a, a band for a guy named John Thayer, who's the brother of Tommy Thayer from Kiss. Okay. And because those guys are from Oregon, and uh, John was like. He always hired really great guys because he could pay people to rehearse. So we uh -huh. had this really killer band, and that that trio, his backing band, w was ended up on uh, several songs on the on the Low Order album. It was me, Jeff, and Joe Mengus, uh, the drummer for. He's actually now he's the drummer for the Eels, that that really great band, the Eels. Okay. And uh, but he uh, he was playing on our record. Uh, he played about four tunes, I think, four or five. And uh, man, just that that group of people and our new drummer Kyle, uh, Kyle um, Kyle Baltus is is killing it on the new stuff too. So we've had a, a bunch of really great musicians play with us on our stuff, and just really thankful for for all the people that have helped put this put us in the place that we are. Very know? cool, very cool. So uh, let's uh, change uh, let's change bands to uh, Black and Blue. Uh, for yeah, pe people know, of course. Tommy Thayer of Kiss was a uh, part of that band, and uh, now you're a part of Black and Blue. How did you land that gig? Well, um, I met those guys. Um, I met those guys. They did a, a Oregon Music Hall of Fame gig, um, where they they were inducted into the Oregon Music Hall of Fame as the all original lineup of Black and Blue. And Tommy had hired me to be his guitar tech through some mutual friends of ours, and uh, I got to you know, kind of change his guitar strings and hang out with the guys. And, you know, when he was doing press stuff, I was play, I was warming up with the band. And me and me and the band, we ended up kind of playing Riff Raff by ACDC. And because I, I just, I was just testing the guitar to see what it sounds like. Before I could even turn around, Pete, Pete Holmes just started playing the song and the whole band joined in. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a real band. You know, these guys are playing around. Cause, and it was it was badass. It wasn't like kind of okay, like ha ha ha. We played the song. It was like full force, kick ass right away. Pros, and, yeah. And that was just that was probably the best musical experience I'd ever had up until that point. You know, like how good it was. And so when I they I started kind of getting to know some of the guys in the group. Like I met Sean Sunshine because um, he was uh, he's working working around the music scene. Um, and he he saw my Guns N' Roses tribute band, and that's actually how I got the gig. I was playing in a Guns N' Roses tribute band, and Sean Sean had been toying with leaving the group because he was having some like he was he was going through some stuff at home, and uh, so he put my name in the hat to replace him. But we ended up in the band together because uh, the other guitar player Whoop left. Uh, Whoop Jeff Warner okay. he decided to leave the band, so. Um, I ended up getting the call from Patrick, and he uh, he was really I could tell that he was very serious about how good the band needs to be, and that that caught my attention right away. I I don't like one of the things that and when I'm looking for a band to play, I don't like hearing people say things like "Oh, the audience will never know," things like that. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, of course. It's like. No, no. This is a this is serious, and you got to play the parts, and they're very specific. And we got you know that 
yeah, we practice a lot. That those kinds of like buzzwords for me really caught my attention. And uh, Pat is that's one of the reasons that Pat is also in the loyal order. He's a uh, he's just such an unbelievable, uh, detailed and you know very uh, formidable musician. So we like nice. we work together, and uh, that that's how I got in the band. The, and they're just been I've been really grateful for that. We've done some amazing shows that. I'll never forget. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I play in local bands here, and uh, real quick, uh, I mean, I've had those conversations with with different musicians with the, the same the same conversation. You know, hey, uh, it doesn't matter how close you copy that song; uh, people won't know. They don't know uh, what the difference between B flat and A sharp or whatever. And yeah. uh, my mom doesn't know that, so let's just play whatever. You know, but I understand what what you're saying. You know, pro, make it pro. You know, make it professional. Make it sound good. Yeah. 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 The very first gig we did, um, we were we were in Nebraska. It was like this really small town, and it was just this beat down bar, kind of a dive bar. And I saw like people that I knew from MTV, and I was like, "Whoa, that's Ted Poley from Danger Danger. That's weird. Uh, we're in a we're in a show with those guys." And then the next day, we were getting ready for the show, kind of getting dressed. And Sean calls me into the hallway, and he's like, "Hey, I want you to meet my friends." And it was. Oz Fox, Michael Sweet, and Tony Harnell. <laughs> wow! <laughs> really? And I, was, I was like, oh my god, it's MTV in my hallway. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, very, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, that's my very first show. It's like those guys are gonna, those are the types of people that are gonna be in the audience watching us. Yeah. And it really kind of goosed me. It it really got my adrenaline going because it's like now this is where like. The real deal starts to happen. Um, yeah. You know, maybe I blew it up in my head too much, but it made me work really hard. And I just, uh, man, very cool. So what a great that separates the men from the boys. I guess you can say that, huh? The pro from from local. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely made me grow up. It was like now yeah, you are the, the the ways the silly childish ways are in the past. You yeah. Must play at the best of your ability at every show. And yeah. I don't know if I've always done that, but I, that's the goal. <laughs> so how did you feel working with Tommy Thayer? What an honor, of course. You know, we've only done one show with Tommy. Um, and Oh, you mean like uh, when I, when I sat, uh, uh, tech for him? Yeah. It was very, it was very much an honor to, to get the opportunity to work closely with such a pro, you know, such a, you know, I mean, he's an icon now. He's in KISS. He's been in KISS longer than any other member, Oh yeah. longer than any other guitar player in the band. He's awesome. I mean, he's, like, gr he's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think he joined in like 2002. It's been 19 years. Yeah. And he's he's just he really delivers. Every time I've seen him play, he's like he's got great feel, you know, great stage presence, and, you know, just really plays plays so great. And uh, it it was definitely an honor for me. Like then we played black and blue songs together. Um, our 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 uh, drummer Pete Holmes, his wife was very sick with cancer for a while and. Okay. We did a benefit show for her uh, in 2018, and she, uh, we raised 25. Tommy helped raise 25,000 dollars for her. Wow! He was very he, cool. He's such an amazing philanthropist, and he's a very generous guy. Really knows how to. He knows how to raise money for people in need, and he's done several things for the guys in the band. Like um, uh, Jeff Young is Patrick Young's brother. He has ALS, and they've done a couple of different benefits for him. And uh, yeah, so getting to know him on that level too was was a little bit 
different for me, you know, like, wow, you know, it's like, not just an icon, but he's like a, you know, he's a really generous and real guy. So, um, that, that was pretty cool. Um, and when we actually got to play Black and Blue Sox together in 2018, it blew me away. <laughs> I was like, okay, wow, you know, this, the, it made the band play different, you know, because that was what they were used to. And all of a sudden, it was like another gear hooked in, wow. you know. Uh, and it was like high level and Jamie sang better and Pete played better drums and Patrick played better bass and I played better you know it was like man wow what, a, what an experience wow yeah so it, it really blew me away to get to play with him because he really is he's the real deal you know a lot of people give him crap but uh, yeah. you know Ace, Ace really is Ace really yeah and he'll never be, he'll never be replaced he's a one one of a kind amazing guy and you know Tommy does an amazing job, you know, filling it, filling his shoes. I'm, and I respect both of them immensely. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Ace Freely is Ace Freely. So of course, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so you guys are doing the Kiss Cruise in November and the Monsters of Rock Cruise in February of 2022. Uh, how do you feel about playing on cruises? Um, uh, I, I really like them. I have a lot of fun playing. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a extroverted personality i like meeting people so getting on cruises and you know kind of uh shaking hands with people and you know doing the meet and greet stuff that's always really fun for me so and uh i i think maybe are you asking about like the pandemic type stuff uh, in general you know i mean oh yeah well yeah i'm a little bit leery about you know uh about the tight quarters yeah. but you know i'm sure people will be like required to wear masks or whatever if it's if it's still risky at that point but um, I'm I'm feeling pretty excited about going on the cruise. I, I have not too much fear about it, and because I'm vaccinated. Um, yeah, but, um, that's I'm cool. Really, I I'm look really excited to see a few of the bands on there. Like uh, Sebastian Bach is on there, and um, um, a band called Liliac is a bunch of young kids that that's they're going to be on there. Um, we're on there. Bruce Kulik's on there. And uh, oh, my my friends in the Talisman—they're on there. Uh, they're also in a group called the Rock and Roll Residency. Okay. But the Talisman is—they uh, do like they're one of the best cover bands in the country, and nice. they they are also happen to be Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley's backing band right now. <laughs> oh wow! I, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, they are they're an unbelievable band. Um, um, Phil Schaus, uh Ryan Cook, and. Uh, uh, Jeremy Asbrock, they they're just a really great band. Very so cool. They're okay. gonna they're gonna play on the cruise too. Wow, I gotta check that out. Cool. So for yeah. people for people that don't know, what is state of balance? Ah, state of balance. Um, that is, I wouldn't call it defunct. It's just been um, I've been so busy with other projects. Um, it's my solo my solo band, and um, I've done um, only a handful of gigs because the music that we play is pretty hard you know it's like it's not it's not super easy to play yeah. it's kind of up tempo um, kind of progressive metal and uh, it's not a lot of bands come to Portland that match well with that so it's hard to get gigs and they don't pay very well so since I'm a working musician it, like I've got to do what pays so yeah um, data balance is, is a so it's my boutique band you know, it's something that I do when I have time for it. And uh, eventually I'd like to, you know, take some of that like some of that original music and re-record it and um, put it out 
for people to hear. Because I haven't, I haven't really released any of the music, just played live with it. And it's really a financial thing. I just, I've always wanted to do it right and do it with, uh, you know, make sure that the production and the playing on it's really good. So some of it's really good, but um, some of the production's not quite up to snuff. And, and now that I've done like Below Order and Black and Blue, uh, it's, it's, it's below standard. So I have to get it. Uh, I have to re-record and remix and do some stuff to it to get it ready for for release. So um, right. it's uh, it's still my sort of my labor of love, but um, I have I have a lot of work to do on it. <laughs> cool, cool. Before I put it. Nice. We're, look, we're looking forward to that. So what's uh, next for you, uh, for yourself, Black and Blue, and Loyal Order? What can fans expect next? Um. Well. Uh, Let's see, Black and Blue, definitely the, the Kiss Cruise, that's the next thing for us. And then the, the Monsters Rock Cruise, as you said, um, just the, those are the two things we have booked at the moment. I think we're, our booking agent, Sullivan Big, is uh, working behind the scenes to get us some more shows. Um, and then uh, The Loyal Order, we are currently working on our second record and trying to get booked for shows uh, beyond uh, beyond the United States. We're actually starting a, um, a European promo, uh, album promo for our first album. Okay. So the, that's going to get released to the radio in Germany, and then I think a couple other markets too, but primarily Germany. And uh, so that's that's next for us. Uh, album and first album getting promo in Germany. And then uh, for me, um, I'm working on a couple of... I'm actually building up my my remote guitar recording uh, thing, uh, uh -huh. business, and, and teaching business. I'm kind of investing in my, you know, songwriting and, and uh, home recording stuff so that I can um, keep growing as a songwriter. It really helps to be constantly creating so that uh -huh. when you get into, I think one of the things that, that bands do is they get into their creative, so they get into a creative rut and they kind of write their own thing over and over again. and. You know, it's a rare thing to be able to write an ACDC record and, and make it sound kind of fresh. And like their last record was really cool. Oh, yeah. So it, somehow they recreated the wheel and, and made another great ACDC album. But not everybody can do that, you know. And um, so I, I kind of keep myself fresh by writing and recording um, side projects. And um, I'm, a, I'm doing a, a record for a, a local singer called uh, named Sarah Moon. And we are we co-wrote and um, we're starting recording for that next week. And I also co-wrote a, uh, a spoken word poetry album cool. <laughs> about it about six months ago. And so I'm kind of uh, you're busy. You're a busy guy. Yeah, kind of keeping all fronts moving all the time. Uh, Got to make money, and uh, also you know I just have an undying passion to make music. So uh, I'm really really excited for for things to come. Is there any plans for or a black and blue uh, new record or? Uh, no, not at the time. Not at this time. Uh, you know, I haven't really spoken with Jamie about new music, but the last I heard, he he was kind of not interested um, unless Tommy was able to be involved uh, because he, that's his writing buddy. You know, they they know how to write black and blue like nobody else. And um, I think the last record didn't really. I thought it was a good album. I love the songs and and stuff like that, but I don't think it met his mark for where the writing should have gone and i think he just wants 
I think he wants to have like Tommy involved. I'm not. Don't quote me on this. Yeah. <laughs> People out there in the listening land, don't quote me on this. The better ask Jamie. But uh, I think he just really wants to have like the integrity of what Black and Blue is all about. You know, and yeah. I think I think without Tommy, he doesn't feel like the it meets the standard of Black and Blue. So that's my opinion. Gotcha. Okay, I understand. Uh, would you like to send a message uh, to the fans listening to this podcast? Yes, uh, I just want to appreciate you for taking some time to listen to uh, uh, the things that are going on in my world, and uh, I hope you uh, come to the websites and check out all of our stuff. Uh, I appreciate any uh, new people that come and listen to our music. We just, you know, we're very thankful for the fans. Thank you for your time, Brandon. Appreciate that, and uh, keep rocking, and we'll hopefully see you on the road soon. You know. Awesome, James. Yeah, keep in touch, man. I'd be, I'd love to keep in touch with you, man. I hope, uh, hope, hope everything goes well in your life too. Don't forget to subscribe to our our YouTube channel, ring the bell, notifications, and all that stuff. You know what to do. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, as they say in England, uh, Twitter. Anyways, uh, follow us on all social media formats if you can, guys. We truly appreciate it. So. Then don't forget to support uh, Brandon Cook's uh, The Loyal Order. Very, very cool music there. You guys should check it out. Of course, check out Black and Blue, some awesome old school 80s metal. And a uh, big shout out to Jamie St. James and Mr. Tommy Thayer if they are listening to this podcast. So anyways, uh, thank you to Mr. Brandon Cook. Thank you for sharing uh, your stories and uh, different uh, career stories and different uh, stories of his life with Black and Blue and stories uh, out of Black and Blue with The Loyal Order. We truly appreciate it, man. Thank you for being a part of our podcast. So keep rocking, Mr. Cook. Awesome. So anyways, don't forget to keep it metal. middle